0: Welcome to the Practical Research Parenting Podcast. Here's your host, Nicole Weeks.
1: Hello, welcome to the final episode with Dr. Cole Whittingham. We're talking about sleep and particularly dummies and separation anxiety. Let's get straight into it. Um, Okay, so this is a little off topic, but it's a question that one of my listeners raised recently. Um, I was wondering what your stance is on dummies. I know they can be quite controversial, and I was wondering (laughs) if you can add any insight to the debate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so for for me me personally, mm-hmm. um so within the possum sleep intervention, use you, you know, if you use a dummy that's that's fine, that's a personal a personal decision. Yeah. And it's about um life being easy and workable for yourself. Yeah. So um certainly reaching for a dummy very early on if you are if you are breastfeeding is not a great idea. You want to make sure breastfeeding is established before mm-hmm. so you, you introduce a dummy. Um, So for me personally, what I would say is, look, there are a number of devices that can make a parent's life a bit easier, Mm. a sort of labour-saving device for parents. Um, And dummy is one, but there's other ones as well. There's, you know, those um, swing chairs that, you know, Mm. swing the child for you. It would be another one. So um, what I would say is use labor-saving devices definitely to make your life easier Mm. Um, but just be aware that you're doing that and use them to the to your overall um um benefit like be a bit um think about it carefully where when and where you want to use them and what labor-saving devices are best for you to use so i think you know look at your day as a parent and what you know what are the things that you really need to do to stay sane and how can you use the labor saving devices in order to stay sane Mm -hmm. like for me I I I didn't use a, a dummy with my daughter but I we did have one of those lovely swing chairs those motorized ones that actually swing the swing by themselves and that allowed me to when when we got up in the morning once she'd had her feed once all of that was taken care of she can have a little swing in the in the swing chair um and you know i could have a shower have a cup Mm -hmm. of tea and if i'd done that i felt i could face the day so that 20 minutes in a swing chair allowed me to to do that so i think if you're using a labor saving device in that kind of way where your your sanity is then really being maintained and then it's allowing you to be more responsive to your child throughout a 24-hour day i think that's a great way to use one of those those devices, mm. um, but if you're using it in such a way that then you're less available to your child because it's become a sort of substitute for you, mm. using it a, a lot and it's becoming a substitute for you. Well, then that's where it might might be a problem. But that's kind of not so much the device per se as then you know how it's then being used. If that makes sense? Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Yeah, and I guess um not putting the dummy in automatically when it actually might be that they're hungry kind of
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and i think look i think if you if you're going to introduce a dummy it's about also you know it's sensible to if you're introducing any of these kinds of devices to just think about how is this going to keep playing out over over time, and am I happy with how this map might play out over time? How can I? How can I do it in such a way that I continue to be happy with with how this plays out? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you're someone who finds, um, and and I think you know, for the for the dummies, for the the suckling instinct, the instinct to suckle for comfort, I mean, that is a real um, instinct. It's a mm-hmm. real part of infancy and then also toddlerhood as well to to suck in order to 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 find comfort and so we do have to make peace with the fact that our our young children have that instinct Mm. and that's part of of a human infant or toddler's life Mm. and so if we introduce for them and as a as a baby as a young baby oh this is the way to suck for comfort and whenever you want to suck for comfort this is how to do it Mm. we do have to i think think about well how are they going to they might still want to suck for comfort when they're 18 months or when they're Mm. two years old or or when they're three Mm. so how are we are we happy with that still working in that way Mm and what may be the disadvantages of it then and how am I going to handle it then it's just about thinking it thinking it through really I think in 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 advance um and and just knowing what you're comfortable with and what um yeah and and how you'd like to to handle that and as you say you can introduce a dummy but still have some boundaries on its use (laughs) yeah that's right you can um have a dummy that comes out, but only comes out, um, you know, when it's time for a nap or time to go to bed at night. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. And I guess um, I know that I think it's tricilian. They'll often try to remove dummies or get uh, get children finding them fairly mm-hmm. early because they think that's that's a big problem with it falling out during the night and then that disturbs them. Do you have any sort of opinion on that sort of stance?
0: Um, I'm not really I uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a firm opinion on that actually, on whether it it um it disturbs them when it falls at night. I mean I, I certainly think that, you know, it could be a factor with, with some with some babies. It probably, you know, varies um varies quite a bit really. Mm. Um but certainly if they've if a a baby's found that the nicest way to fall asleep is to is to suck to sleep which is of course quite instinctual so mm-hmm. babies often off to sleep on a feed yeah. that suckling for comfort mm-hmm. is is in- instinctual but if for that baby that sucking for comfort comes from from a uh, a dummy if that's what happens for that baby then certainly if the baby wakes during the night and the baby can't grab the dummy themselves of course they're going to ask for mom and dad to get the dummy for them i mean that that just makes sense
1: yeah yeah Okay, wonderful. I I think I have just one more question that sort of just came up. Sure. um, Which is around um, sort of separation anxiety. So uh, obviously that can wreak havoc with with sleep sometimes and make it difficult for children to fall asleep because they're worried about separating from mum or dad. Um, Yeah, so what sort of approaches do you tend to take to that?
0: Okay, so at at what age... Do you mean? Do you mean as as a a young
1: baby, or are you? No, mean- no. I'm more talking beyond six months. So yeah, one year or so, one one half years old or so. Okay.
0: okay. Um. So well, I suppose that's then balancing, you know, the, the toddler's desire to be with the, with the parents at night with what the parents' um, desires are and how everything works within, within the family, really. Um, so I guess what I would say in a young, you know, a young toddler, if we're talking about a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, it's, I would say, quite natural for that uh, child to, when they wake up at night, want to be with mum and dad. Yeah. It's quite natural for that child to be scared if they're in a a room by themselves. Um, You know, if we think about, you know, our evolutionary past and our our ancestors, Mm. um, you know, wandering around in in Africa, Mm. if um, you were a one- or two-year-old child and you woke up and it was nighttime and there were no adults within sensory distance, you were probably dead, you know. You are probably going (laughs) to die that night. That was probably you know that was probably it for you so that that it totally makes sense that our children at that young age um do want to be with us at, at um during the night when they wake up yeah so and i, I guess think that's
1: part of the problem with um leaving when they're trying to sleep as well because they know that once you've left you're not going to be there and they, you're they not will wake, be. Up, wake up without you there absolutely
0: i mean that really is quite young to to yeah. to learn um, to yeah to, to do that so I mean for, for myself I mean I think if it's balancing then that against everything else in the parents life and the lifestyle and 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 all, and all the rest of that so you know if what exactly is it that the parents trying to achieve and what what is it that that they need um, to have happen so like for myself personally as a parent we, we still just bed share. Yeah, so right. so I <laughs> that's not an issue but that's not an issue for me it doesn't impact on my sleep Mm -hmm. so it's then about I think I'd have to sort of talk through with a particular family how to to make that work depending Mm -hmm. on you know what what is it about um you know the the child simply bed sharing that is a problem which absolutely can be a problem Mm -hmm. for for some families as well so is it that then that the parent's sleep is is disrupted so you know is there is it possible? possibilities around the the child you know sleeping in in a little child's bed that's still in the parents room would that fix the problem for everyone or you know is the mum and dad happy to get up out of bed and comfort the child back to sleep on in times when they wake up during the night or you know is the child um sufficiently comforted if they have a comfort toy or something you know is, is the child ready for that to make the transition to being comforted by a com- comfort toy so it's about I think it all comes back to you know what are the the parents actual values here understanding that that's a very natural reaction in a in a child at age and then what are the parents um values here and how does this unfold for the parents what are the parents trying to achieve and um, and then being really flexible and experimenting with lots of different options so I think sometimes we get a bit too pushed into thinking that there's only a couple of options, that we're this extreme end where we're bed sharing with our children every okay. night or this other extreme end where the child falls asleep in their own bed and never gets up and wakes us. And But really I think a lot of parents do end up falling into the, these um, in-between options and a lot of in-between options suit a lot of families where, you know, the child might sleep in the parent's room but, you know, not in the parent's bed or the, you know, mum and dad might be happy to, put, to get up to the child but perhaps they negotiate with the child that it only happens once per night or, you know, there's lots of different, different um, in-between options in there. So there's lots of different other things to explore and experiment with and, you know, find what works, what meets your child's needs and meets your own. And it's not forever. It's not forever anyway. Um, It will all change. Um, You know, there's one thing that you can be certain of, your children will grow up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: they're right. not actually I guarantee they're not gonna climb into bed with you when they're twenty one. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's it's not forever, but it's just about finding what works for your family at this particular at this particular stage of your lives together.
1: Yeah, wonderful. I love how non prescriptive it is. It's uh, case by case and finding yeah. what works. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And at the end of the day that's 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 all that matters, finding what works. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can get caught up on measures and yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day there'll be no there'll be no discernible difference that anyone will be able to figure out yeah. between a child, you know, who's a, you know, a 30-year-old who um was sleeping in their own bed at one and a 30 year old who was sleeping at their own bed at like eight like you 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 can't tell the difference (laughs) you cannot tell the difference until you go and ask their parents you you would have no idea so it's like just don't i guess don't read big things into into these kinds of developmental milestones it doesn't mean something huge about your child and it doesn't mean anything huge about you it's all just about finding what works
1: yeah wonderful that's extremely liberating. Yeah. Wonderful. That's That's been fantastic and I, I've learned a lot and I'm sure my listeners have too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hmm. If people want to learn more about you and your
0: work, where, where can they go? So the easiest um, place to go is just to go to my, my website. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just my, my full name. So it's www.coaweddingham.com. <laughs>
1: Great, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Fantastic, thank you. Yeah, wonderful. I've learnt so much from COA and I hope you have too. The show notes for this episode are at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash COA7, so that's K-O-A-7. To learn more about the Possum Sleep Intervention, please visit www.possumsonline.com. If the Possum Sleep Intervention sounds like it's for you, that's great. Visit possumsonline.com. If you'd like to look at a range of gentle sleep approaches, including this Possum Sleep Intervention, among others, please consider my Sleep Options Wizard for 0-5 to year olds. You can read more about it at www.sleepoptionswizard.com.